everybody, it is Carson Wednesday. Welcome to another episode of the Sports Meme Podcast. Today we got Newman and good old Odin to talk through Carson Wentz. We will touch on J.J. Watt, Big Ben. Of course, we will discuss where Philly goes in the draft and a few other topics. But before we get there, we got to talk about what everyone wants to hear. And that is Carson Wentz. Odin, what are your what is your instant reaction? You said today you were at the barber, the news came across your phone. What was the first thing that popped into your mind? The first thing that popped in my mind was the price, uh, which I really liked the price. Um, I I've never thought that Carson Wentz was worth a, a first round pick unless he is. And that's what I love about conditional round picks is that you make him go out and earn that. And the thing about conditional round picks with Carson Wentz is if they end up paying that first round price, they happily pay it. That's the best thing about conditional round picks is the guy, you don't think he's worth the first round pick. So you put out some incentives out there. So he has to perform to hit that number so that he becomes that. So I love it. I, I think it works out for both sides. And I, I think it was a great trade. No, no, no. Bullshit. This, this, this isn't both <laughs> sides won. This isn't both sides won. You got to pick a winner in this. Who won the trade? Instant reaction, you look at your – you're saying Colts won the trade. Yeah. The, the Eagles get rid of the worst contract in football, and the other team won. But did they? They they, they still have all the dead cap from that trade. Um, so even though they're not paying for it, they're going to be paying for it still. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I don't know, man. I, 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 I think the Colts won that trade, in my New, opinion. Newman, Newman, change this, please. Please don't tell me you feel the same way. So I'm also kind of in the wait and see approach here. Uh, I think in uh, just looking at it right now, it is a good move for Philadelphia to get rid of a guy like, you know, Wentz because of what he is, what he's doing to the team and all the, he doesn't want to be there. He, he doesn't need to be there um, in regards to the, Colts, well, he had lost I think the locker was, room, right? I mean, you guys all heard that heard it. Like he, he was a fish out of water there. Uh, both, both at every level, at the executive level, at the coach level in the locker room. I mean, he, he was lost. Like there was no way he was suiting up for that team next year. Yeah, no, uh, th- he wasn't going to be there. So, I mean, for them in terms of what the Eagles actually get, you know, a conditional, f- uh, first and then, uh, a 2021 third round pick it's honestly it's kind of light if you compare it to the jared goff and matt stafford returns in respect of that um it's you know it's kind of interesting you see jared goff and carson wentz these two quarterbacks drafted one two overall both were traded a lot of picks were traded for them and both get unloaded in you know a matter of 19 days three weeks in between uh them being you know removed from their their team that drafted them and invested a lot into them. So Andrew Brandt made an interesting point. Uh, he said, spins are wonderful ras- rationalizations. The Eagles invested more into this player than any player in the history of their franchise. But hey, they got out of the contract and got a couple picks. Good job, Eagles. Um, the Eagles are a dumpster fire. They're definitely going to be in a rebuild mode. Uh, I think with cars, with uh, Jalen Hurts there, like they need to invest in that offensive line and protect him. So I expect them to still take a offensive tackle or offensive lineman with that number six pick. But um, I mean, in terms of what this deal looks like for who's the winner right now, honestly, I'd rather be in the Colts shoes because if I really believe in Carson Wentz, uh, I think that, you know, that's, that's going to potentially give me my franchise quarterback going forward. That's, that's the spin. So I, I live here in Indianapolis. 
Dallas and everyone's saying, well, the Colts must have thought he was worth it because you guys have seen my, my reaction to it in the group chat that I don't think Carson Wentz is good. The Colts don't do this if they think Carson Wentz is bad. So that like that, that's how everyone in Indy was shutting down my opinion on this. They're like, Brandon, obviously you and the Colts front office don't agree that Carson Wentz is bad. Um, so that's where I want this conversation to go next. Then we'll then we'll go break down the Eagles and we'll break down the Colts. Drew, is Carson Wentz a good quarterback? Uh, he was, and that's that. That's obviously what the Colts think is that he can be again. Uh, you don't pay this price if you don't think that he's that guy. Um, and if he's not that guy, then he's a second round pick. Uh, I like the gamble. What other options do they really have? They don't have the pick to go out in the draft and get a quarterback that's going to be worth anything. It's going to be a first-year starter. Um, they There aren't really any good free agents out there. There are some trades that they could possibly make, but what trades really are there? They go, go after Kirk Cousins? No. Um, Carson Wentz? I, I like it. I think it's a gamble. Um, do I think Carson Wentz is good? No, I actually don't. So um, where is he in the, where is, cause again, we always do tiers. Everyone does lists, you know, there's, there's all of that. Where does he fall in your tier or lists of, you know, is he tier one, tier two, tier three, bottom five, you know, what, where is he in, in Drew's hierarchy of, uh, of quarterbacks? See, I think with the Eagles, he's a bottom 10 quarterback, but I think look at Phillip rivers last year with the Colts. Um, the guy was, he threw for over 30 touchdowns. If, 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 if I'm not mistaken, um, and I think Philip Rivers is ridiculously washed up. So my thing about Carson Wentz is I think he gets amplified by the Colts situation. So whatever I think he is currently, it's not what he will be with 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 the with the Colts. And I think that he potentially could be a top ten quarterback again with the Colts. Dang, top ten. Oh, that's insane. That's oh, that's insane. Newman, uh, uh, what do you think here on Carson Wentz's ability or inability? So- so Carson Wentz's best season that he's ever had was the year where Frank Reich was his quarterback's coach. Uh, they went to the Super Bowl. He was an MVP candidate at the beginning of that season. Um, but if you actually look at his numbers in terms of the advanced stats, uh, the breakdowns, basically what he's been the entire time. They just had a lot more success that year. He's playing with a much better offensive line. They had you know better weapons, and their defense was actually really good that year. So, I mean, that's the difference. The Eagles are just a we're a bad team since that Super Bowl run and and Carson Wentz, you know, suffered because of it. Is he a great player? No, I think he's a good player. He has the the possibility to play at higher levels than he has played at. Um if I'm looking at it from a from the Colts perspective, do I really care about a future first or second if I'm, you know, competing and I've got figured out the guy. The well, it, it, it's, it's me- going to be a bad pick, right? Like they made the playoffs this year with Philip Rivers. Um, they're a young roster, only getting better, who has a ton of cap to spend. So, I mean, I know I've been I've been hammering the point that oh, they gave up a first, they gave up a first. Honestly, it's probably going to be anywhere between twenty four and thirty two. You know, I mean, that's you're you're like you said earlier. That's not in a spot to draft a your next quarterback. So you are right. I mean, they're they're not giving up an envious draft pick. Yeah. No. Absolutely. And then it's a th- a third this year. Like whatever. I. 
teams punt thirds all the time. Uh, there's a reason that the third round pick is typically, you know, the spot where you get that. Um, if you if you have a lose a bunch of free agents and stuff like that, and you're awarded extra picks, it's after the third round. So like that's where the value stops becoming. Where these you know if you players... cheat like the Patriots, you normally lose a third round. I get it. Yeah, yeah. Right. Third, yeah. third rounders so... are the redheaded stepchild of of day two. Got yeah, it. to me, the, the biggest thing that the Colts are taking on by doing this is they potentially uh, hamstring themselves. If it does not work out, they're hamstringing themselves in terms of the, the cost, right? The salary that Carson Wentz has. Now, if we look at what the Colts have in terms of their cost of availability now, they have a lot of cap space. They're one of the, the highest cap spaces in all of football at this point. Fourth, um, fourth, fourth in cap. Per, per over the cap, yeah, they're listed at uh, they're listed actually at second. Um, per over the cap. So you may have been looking at the number with Carson Wentz included. Yeah, it was um, Carson Wentz included <clears throat> their fourth. Yeah, so they were second before and now they've slid to fourth. Um, and then there's a, actually a pretty, I mean, where where I saw it, the numbers at with the Colts at second with 68, the Patriots were fourth at 62. And then there's a big gap between them and Washington. So that's probably closed a little bit um, between one, two and three. There's still probably a sizable gap, though. But I mean, this is a team that they have some extra needs. They you know, we've mentioned what what do the Colts need to add? They need to add another offensive tackle because Anthony Costanza, who's one of the better left tackles in the league, announced his retirement. So they need to replace him in order to maintain that really good offensive line that they have. Other than that, you can add a pass rusher. You probably need to add another receiver uh, somewhere. Michael Pittman. Okay, right, we'll, season, we'll get into but, it. If you look at every free agent destiny, every single one's Colts. Like we'll, we'll get into that a little bit later. But yeah, it's 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 hilarious that just everyone's going to go to the Colts. It's the next super team. Well, yeah, um, that's the hype, man. So Drew is saying Carson Wentz uh, potential to be top ten. You're saying he's good relative what they give up. So if I can if I can parse through both of your guys' uh, uh, information here, you're both saying Carson Wentz is good. And I'm, I'm glad that is on record. I'm glad that's on record because I'm going to bring this up when Carson Wentz sucks. No, I'm, I'm literally not saying that at all. I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm viewing it from the Colts' perspective. And that's, that's the only perspective that you can really view this from. It's not the only one that matters. What I think about Carson Wentz is there's a lot of things that worry me about him. Uh, 2019, his stats look really good on paper. However, if you look at some uh, advanced metrics on Carson Wentz, he was the 16th ranked PFF quarterback in 2019. So if you just look at his touchdown to interception ratio, he actually looks really good. But if you actually look at uh, some of these advanced stats, and if you look at his, actually how he looked in games, he looked really bad towards the end of that 2019 season. So the first couple games leading into it, he looked really, really good. Um, and towards the end of 2019, he started to fall off. So the 2020 Carson Wentz that we saw, it didn't just come out of nowhere. It actually was slowly coming along from the 2019 season. I think there's a lot of things about Carson Wentz that really concern me. Number one, his personality. Um, you know, I wonder what's going on with the Eagles. So when Doug Peterson was fired, to me, that said they're committed to Carson Wentz, right? But then all of a sudden they trade Carson Wentz. So what, what was the fucking stance on the Eagles in firing Doug Peterson in the first place? Here, I can tell you, I can tell you uh, what's going on with the Eagles in in a, in a very brief phrase. 
Howie Roseman is trash. Trash. Yeah. Trash. He's been with the organization for decades, by the way. Second, um, second run, actually. So he was there with with uh, Andy Reid. Then they fired him when they brought in Chip Kelly. And then they brought him back post-Chip Kelly. Uh, and obviously they had some success. But that I don't know how much of that was really his doing. He's a very aggressive guy. He invests in a lot of running backs for some reason, which we don't like to do in the draft. You know, no, the, the metrics no. say that that's a bad idea. Um, when they were good, the one year they were good, they actually had a really good offensive line, a really good defensive line. And but, then he continues to get away from it. Before we get too off topic, I do want to raise a stat that is so fucking alarming about Carson Wentz this last season, which is that his passer rating from a clean pocket is like 31st in the league. So people like to blame Carson Wentz's all of his all of his foibles on this terrible Eagles offensive line. And it is bad. It's fucking terrible. But uh, for not only that stat, but the fact that Jalen Hurts, who some people viewed as a bust going into the draft, came in and immediately electrified that offense. There's a lot of red flags to be worried about with Carson Wentz. Uh, so when I view the Carson Wentz trade, I'm trying to view it from the Colts side. But if you want my honest opinion on Carson Wentz, I think there's a lot of things to be worried about. I'd put him in as average. I wouldn't say he's good. Yeah, no, I think he's bad. Um, I know. Again, you want to, so let's let's go down the Colts gaze because that's that's definitely the the way uh, Odin is going down here. Um, some guys, I think that you're. Because I think that the thing is the Colts just need someone to not lose them games. So who does that eliminate, right? That that, lo- that eliminates Mitch. That eliminates Jameis. Um, that probably eliminates um, Jacoby Brissett because he's not going to win you games. Um, but who who could who could game manage them? You know, or the name that I like the most is why not take a risk on Dak Prescott? Well, Dak Prescott's not available, so there's that. Yeah. So, so, so you okay? So, a minor tangent. You think it's a lock? Dak is going back to the Cowboys. Well, just like Dak, they would have to go out and acquire him, right? The Cowboys yeah. are not going to let him walk. Uh, they're going to franchise tag him. He's probably going to accept the franchise tag. So then you're going to have to trade for him, right? So, what are the Cowboys? Could you get? Want? A, could you get a third and a, a conditional second to a first for Dak? Would Cowboys have accepted the same thing that the Eagles just accepted? Not a chance. They're probably looking for at least two first round picks for one year of Dak Prescott. So they're looking for a Stafford level deal. Yeah. And I think he commands that at this point. Okay. Got it. So I, I personally think the Eagles and the Colts both were in a corner. Um, After the bears dropped out of that trade opportunity, like we talked about, uh, the Eagles didn't really have any other trade partners. So all of a sudden they're standing on the center of the dance floor and nobody's extending their hand to be like, hey, let's go. So I, I, I think the, that in the end, it, it forced the Eagles hand. Um, and I kind of agree with you, Dubich. I wonder if they could have gotten a better deal out of this. But in the end, um, I love these conditional round picks because is Carson Wentz worth a second round pick? I think it is debatable. Uh, but if he is, in fact, if he does clear and get that first round pick value, then the Colts are going to gladly pay it because they will have succeeded with those conditions. So, so if I'm hearing you right, you think the Colts could have held out longer and and gave up less? And is, is am I hearing you correctly here? I'm not in the Colts organization, so I can't speak for the Colts. Right. Obviously, 
They, ah, speak, they fuck it, fuck it. Speak for Jim Ursay. He can barely talk. He's on his like eighth Percocet today. So. They know more than I do. Um, and to be honest, the Eagles, the Eagles are giving up a lot. People say like, oh yeah, now the Colts are paying their contract. That's not how dag- dead cap works. The Eagles are going to suffer because of this trade, regardless. So um, I think that you know maybe this was the equilibrium. And like you've said in the past, uh, Brandon. Um, the Colts are really stingy, so we know that they were playing tough, and maybe this was, truly was the best offer. I don't know. Yeah, I would have liked them to, to drag it on a little bit more. Field Yates uh, reported on Twitter that the Bears backed off weeks ago and that the Panthers were never interested. Those were the three reported teams um, that were that were in on Carson reported, and it just ended up, like you said, just being the Colts. So I would have liked to see the Colts just – drag it out, drag it out a little bit more. Um, so I think the timing was interesting. Do you have any, do either one of you have any thoughts on, on why it happened now? I mean, it didn't happen in Super Bowl week. We still have a few time before free agency starts. It seems like a weird time for the Colts to press the go button on this, on this trade. I mean, no, I don't really have an idea why it happened now. Uh, there's I mean, nothing that's, there's nothing impending. Right. The Bears dropped out, and um, I don't know. I I think the conditional round pick was probably what the Eagles were driving at from the start. And, and the then sometimes team. you just want to lock in a date to the prom. I love that. I love that analogy, Drew. You don't you don't want to be you don't want to be stuck at home on prom night. I like that. That's definitely coward esque analogy there. Um, I, I love it. I mean, anytime. The thing about trades is anytime you have something in there, it's like, oh, let's wait till next week and we'll we'll do it then. It's like, why are we waiting? Like, we've agreed to it now. Let's just get it done. Um, So there's that. I I mean, if you want to say that they really could have gotten less, then I guess. I think the Eagles have come to the terms that they like Jalen Hurts. And that's really the, the kind of unspoken thing about this is how many quarterbacks can you start at one time? One. If you so, have two quarterbacks, uh, you have zero quarterbacks. I mean, that's exactly. the old the old. Uh, I've seen a lot of good fantasy teams where they've like, hey, have you seen my QB2? And then they're trying to trade them the entire season. And it's like, you don't really have a lot of other options. You either got to trade that guy or you can't start him. You can start him like once during the bye week, but you, you get where I'm going with this. They think that the replacement value of Jalen Hurts over Carson Wentz is strong. So I think that also influenced the decision. I still don't fucking get what the Eagles are doing, though. Why get rid of Doug Peterson with all this? It makes no sense. You know when you're doing very poorly in a video game and you just want to hit reset? I feel like that's what Philadelphia did. Like they they realize like, oh shit, I have no play here. Like I've I've painted myself into a corner. Reset, reset, reset. New coach, new quarterback, new everything. Let's start from ground zero. Well, yeah. Um, it becomes a management thing. I think that that's Peterson didn't agree with how, you know, Roseman and the front office wanted to run the organization. And so they got rid of him. And then they were like, all right, well, Carson Wentz, if it, you know, they approached him or whatever happened. And he was like, I want out. And they were just like, all right, well, cool. We don't really want you here anyway. So. And are they resetting though? To me, this is like the resetting, but with five less lives than what they <laughs> Because the dead cap is huge. No, the dead yes. cap is huge. We're all talking about the Colts paying this money. The Eagles are paying this money as well. That's mm-hmm. how dead cap works. They can't spend that money now. They're not paying it, but they can't spend it. So that's just as detrimental to their organization. 
Yeah. So for me, the thing about it is you keep mentioning the dead cap. What happens with the dead cap when a guy like this gets traded is all of that caps cap gets hit on the year that he gets traded. So that's going to affect the next current league year. So if I'm the Eagles, I take that and I'm saying, all right, cool. I'm going to run Jalen Hurts out there. We're going to see what we got. Uh, I'm okay with losing a bunch of games. We're not going to really invest in a lot of stuff. We're just going to draft. Be Um, bad and get Sam Howell next year. You know, right. Well, (laughs) or if Jalen Hurts is good, then, you know, they can address the other needs that they have, but they, they understand that they're not going to be good next year. I think. No, they're a bottom five team. So let's, I, I know we all wanted to get to the Colts, but fuck, fuck it. Let's go to the Philly. How bad is Philly going to be next year? I mean, they have a top 10 pick, but Newman, like you said, I think, I think if they were smart, they'd go O-line or D-line, but in my opinion, they're going to go wide receiver. Um, but regardless, regardless where they go in the draft, how bad is Philly going to be next year? I mean, we're yet to see what actually happens. So here's the thing with that extra dead, dead cap space. Maybe they have to get rid of some of the guys that are veterans and, and good players for them. Uh, that could also happen too. So, I mean, it's hard to say at this point, but I mean, let's be real. They're picking six this year. So they're already almost a bottom five team. Um, and they're probably the one who's going to be in the least position to succeed at this point, moving forward out of that group. I can't think of a team that'll be worse. I mean, I think Cincinnati will be improved. I think Jackson will be will be improved. You know, I think the Jets are murky, but I mean, if gun to head, I'd pick what's going on with the Jets over the Eagles. I think right now the Eagles are going into the year as the worst team in the league. So, I mean, right now that's fair to say. I think if Houston trades to Sean Watson, they're a clear number one pick yep. next year. I don't think that's happening, just for the record. But yeah, no, I'd agree. If if, if I if do, it, I think it happens. Yeah. Imagine imagine being the fourth worst team in the NFC East after everything that played out last year. They were already the fourth worst team in the NFC East with Carson Wentz. How much worse does this make them? I would argue that Jalen Hurts actually made them a little bit better. So I I, I think it's going to be interesting. Um, do I think they're going to be terrible? I, absolutely. They're going to be fucking awful. I mean, awful. They have really nothing going for them. And they're going to lose Ertz. They're going to lose Ertz. So that's they got, they got, this they is got, only the beginning of this fire sale. Ertz is mm-hmm. gone. Um, who who else is gone? Like you, they, I, they, I expect some of their defensive hard. linemen and their aging offensive linemen to all move on too. Yeah, if I'm Ertz, I'm terrified right now. Yeah, I mean, so so I mean, we we all love fantasy football. What does this do to Miles Sanders? Right? I mean, that guy's just on an island. He's the only. I mean, Jalen Rager, fine. Goddard, fine. But I mean, you pretty much just got on at least on the offensive side. You have Miles Sanders, and that's it. If you give me sixteen healthy weeks of Miles Sanders, he's a top five running back in fantasy this year. Top five. I think that's a little too bold with that offensive line. Well, uh, I. I think that they improve the offensive line, but I just think the usage that's in a stack box with with Jalen Hurts running as a pass catcher too, right? So like we've seen Saquon Barkley where he's played on a bad team and a bad offensive line, and they just throw him the ball a lot. So in a PPR league, he's going to get a ton of catches because he is a good pass catcher. I don't know. I I think Miles Sanders in this offense is very similar to what we saw to Saquon Barkley last year, which is. Saquon Barkley, I still think he's a top three running back in this league, and he looked fucking terrible in the time that he played last year. Average um, yeah. I'd be worried about Miles Sanders 100%. I like that point. I think Miles Sanders loses even more potentially with this because, like we said, the Eagles are potentially going to fire sale right now. Yeah. So I want to shift course a little bit on this. Uh, we were talking about you know the Eagles. What does this do to the Colts? Are the Colts now the favorite in the... 
uh, AFC North? Uh, AFC South? Oh, yeah. South, I mean, I, that's what I meant, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think... Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think I think Tennessee is what they is. I mean, I think I think I think they have a very high seal or a very high floor and very low ceiling. I think they're a nine and seven to a eleven and five team, and that's who the Titans are, right? I, I don't I don't like I don't I don't like them as as anyone that can kind of burst through. Um, yeah, I'm absolutely buying Colt stock. Um, you know, when we were doing this last off season, I was shitting on the Colts. I was mostly for Rivers. Um, but yeah, no, I think I think they're the favorite in the AFC South, and I think they're a top three team in the AFC. So it's weird to not like the Wentz trade, but also think that they're the best team in the division because yeah. the Titans, <laughs> the Titans retain almost everything they had last year. Um, they still have Tannehill, who you just said today is is definitively better than Carson Wentz. Yeah. So I think it's an, I, th- I I think it's an interesting perspective to say that they are the best with this trade because they were borderline not before this trade. So what changed? To me, I I think that the Titans, unlike you, where you say they can't break through, I I take the opposite stance. This team, if they draft heavily on defense or, you know, add an extra defensive player, there's some, some guys that are, we're going to talk about later that are going to be out there available. Um, That's a team that can make a real impact on the defensive end. And their defense was not very good last year. Their offense was good, but their defense was not. What's Brandon that? said that, right? I didn't say that. The, the Titans, no, yeah. Br- Br- Brandon yeah, was yeah. saying that the Titans are 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 uh, are not don't have the upside. I think the Titans definitely do have a lot of upside, and I still think that they're the team to beat in this division. The Titans' defense got worse from last year, which is weird because they didn't get much worse as a result. So I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. So the reason I like the Colts is basically they're like I'm expecting their youth to continue to get better. Jonathan Taylor became a borderline top five, top seven running back towards the, the second end. I love what they're going to, they're, they're, they're doing with Michael Pittman. I think Paris Campbell could be a breakout. They're in position to get a big wide receiver here in free agency. Darius Leonard, I think is a future all pro. If he isn't already, he's been an all pro already. Yeah. So, I mean, I I just like, uh, you know, Justin Houston's as a future hall of famer. Uh, I just I like mm. I, I like a lot of the pieces of of what they have going on there, and I, and I like Frank Reich as a as a coach. Um, so I loved today again. I I follow Vegas a lot. I have a Vegas show on here. Vegas didn't increase their odds at all today. In in Vegas's eyes, the Colts yesterday were the same as the Colts today. Um, and I think again, like you said, oh, so now you like the Colts with Carson Wentz? No, I liked them yesterday, and I also like them today. Um, Carson Wentz is just kind of more finishing the story. It doesn't accelerate the story. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. Um, I don't buy it, but yeah. <laughs> I yeah. Yeah. So wait, so the Titans young players can't get any better. I mean, AJ Brown's already, uh, bordering on all pro status and he's, you know what I mean? Like he's a dynamic wide receiver out there. They can't, he can't get any better. They, I mean, they can, they definitely need another wide receiver, especially if Corey Davis winds up leaving. Um, but other than that on offense, that offense is good to go, man. Like and last time I checked, there's two sides of the ball. Um, and, and the right. Colts well, check more they boxes. Just, they can just draft all their defensive players. We've seen guys come in and ha- into the league and have an impact immediately on the defensive Dar- end. Darius Leonard. What's up? What were you checking on the last time we checked? There's two sides of the ball. 
Oh. You checking? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I was checking my warts, you know, seeing what was being covered up or not. Last I checked, was two sides of the ball. Ugh. All right. Okay. So, uh, so, so again, so we, I, we kind of all agree Philadelphia is going to be bad. You guys still like the Titans. So where does that put the Colts? Are they another wild card team? Or are they even sniffing the Super Bowl? Like, where are where do you have the Colts uh, in in the AFC uh, next year? I, I think right where they finish, second in the AFC South, and and they're a wild card contender at least. Uh, we'll see if they actually get in, but um, you know, there's opportunity there. I disagree. I think that they are definitively now the best team in the AFC South. Um, and I think that they are arguably the second best team in the AFC. Um, but that's over the me- bells, over the bills, dude. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Over the bills. Um, I'm sorry. I still don't believe in the bills. I, dude, I fucking call me crazy. Um, I think we're going to put that on your tombstone there, bud. I'm, 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 I'm sure, I'm sure you will. Uh, that last game, with the Bills, where the Chiefs just—it's the same Chiefs that played in the Super Bowl, by the way—that just kind of manhandled the Bills in that final game. Um, I still don't believe in the Bills, and until they show me anything differently, I think that they are a team that's that's bound for regular season greatness and is just. Yeah, it's going to fall short like they did. What you feel about the Bills is how I feel about the Ravens. Um, yeah, I, I feel like the Ravens, again, aren't a team that could be even mustered in the same uh, sentence as as the Chiefs, as the Bills, as the Colts, in my opinion. I, th- I think that I think the Ravens are definitely a notch below. Um, if anything, you know, if gun to head, I would say Cleveland has a higher ceiling than the Ravens currently do. Um, now I, I, I don't like either one of those teams, um, but I, I would take the Colts over the Browns or the, or the Ravens. Do you guys agree with that? Are, are the Colts looking better going into next year than those two AFC North teams? Way better. I think yeah. that's fair to say. Yeah. Cool. All right. Any, any other final things on, on Philly, on Carson Wentz, on Indianapolis before we move on to a couple other, a couple other free agent, big name destination conversations? Yes. Nah, so even though the Colts have taken on Carson Wentz's contract, they still have tons of money to spend. And where they need to spend that is on wide receivers. Yeah. Uh, they really don't have a lot. Obviously, Pittman, you know, he showed some promise, but they need to go get their guy. You can't just bank that Pittman's going to all of a sudden turn into this wide receiver one. Um, I, the guy that I think they really need to go get is Allen Robinson. Uh, here's a guy that has succeeded. Here. Sorry to Chris Collinsworth, you. Here's a guy that has succeeded with absolutely awful quarterbacks throughout his entire career. We talked about the other day. His quarterbacks thus far in his career have been Blake Bortles, Mitch Trubisky, and Nick Foles. So why would he go to Carson Wentz? Why would he go to Carson Wentz? Because I think Carson Wentz is better than all three of those guys. Look at some of the teams that need wide receivers. They all have better quarterbacks than what Indy has to offer. There, there's got to be two sides of the coin. I think, I think, I think the Colts want Allen Robinson. I think other teams are have have more to offer as far as at the wide receiver position. But you said, um, you said there's teams with better quarterbacks. Name a few. Uh, trying to think of teams that that need wide receivers currently. Houston doesn't have any money. Um, Miami. Better quarterback? 
situation with Tua? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure you don't even believe in Tua. So. <laughs> no, I think Tua anyway. sucks. <laughs> pretty sure uh, Elm Robinson and the Colts seems to make a lot of sense. Yeah, I mean, it, it does. Again, I'm trying to think um, of other other teams that need wide receivers. Uh, the Titans, I think Tannehill. No, I don't. Yeah, I think Tannehill's better. Um, so the problem with the Titans is I don't think they have the the cap, the cap. To, to, yeah. to fit him in there. So, so just be a just, wide receiver just, two conceivably for the Titans, like just and just look run for his offense. Just looking at a couple teams that actually have some cap space that could use another wide receiver. How about the Ravens, uh, who we've mentioned? The 49ers might be able to fit in a guy like that. How about a team that we, uh, you know, uh, is on the rise and we think is in a bad, easy division? Washington has a lot of cap space. So, uh, I mean, it's not a better quarterback situation, but these are teams that might be able to pay. So, uh, so what about the Chargers? The Chargers have the seventh most cap at $34 million. Um, I, don't think I would they need love another to go to her. I don't think yeah. they need a wide receiver. I don't think that's what they're in the market for. Yeah, a wide receiver. They have Keenan Allen locked up for the long term. Um, and honestly, if you look at all their other guys, they're they're good complementary pieces to Keenan Allen. I, I don't think they – I mean, if Allen Robinson, Robinson can make that happen, he becomes the best receiver in that squad. But I don't think, I don't think their charges are looking for that. Yeah. What, what, uh, so what, what about the Bengals? Uh, again, not a team that's it's not their immediate need. Um, but they got they got the fourth most cap room. Hey, um, hey let me ask you a question. When's the last time the Bagels signed a big name free agent? Never. Probably the probably the last time the Steelers did, which is a very long time. Yeah, they'll never not, do it. But the Bengals, the Bengals is the only team that you've named that makes any sense to me. Um, and that's provided that Joe Burrow comes back. So if you're Alan Robinson, are you looking for legacy or are you looking for money? If I'm yeah. Alan Robinson, I'm looking for legacy at this point. He got a pretty good contract with the Bears. So at this point, he's just trying to prove himself. I think that this is a top five receiver in this league that has just been blanketed and kind of underrated because of his situations. Go to a good situation. I think a really good situation is with the Colts. I think yeah. the Colts actually offer both, right? They offer you some, there's there's plenty of cap space and there's an opportunity to win and, you know, uh, Carson Wentz, we think, is a better quarterback than Mitch Trubisky. Uh, so, you know I mean, he'll have that opportunity. But worst case scenario, at least they have, you know, it's a team that is trying to make an effort to go win, whereas the Bears, who he was playing with, didn't really do a whole lot of that. Yeah. Yeah, Col- no, it's it's interesting. The Colts are sexy as fuck. Let's face it. They're the girl next door. They're the chick that has everything going on. They have all the cap space. They have the roster. They have the offensive line. You're right. They, 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 uh, what's his tits retired. And that's, that's, that's a concern, but the Colts have really everything going on. They're one of the most complete rosters in the league and they can still plug in all these guys. To me, that's the team you want to go to. If you're a free agent, anybody, I would take a discount. I'd even talk about Godwin going there. Godwin would be a great guy to go there. Um, so yeah. I love the cold situation. Whoever goes there, yeah, right. That's so the, let, let's let's talk. So again, could Zach Ertz team up with uh, Frank Wright and Carson in Indianapolis? What do you guys think about that? So he's another guy that needs to be traded. Uh, the fact that he wasn't included in this trade 
you know, it's one of those where if we've evaluated your assets kind of thing already, we might have a, we already have that dialogue going, which could make it an easier trade to go. But I don't think that it's necessary for him to go there if I'm the Colts. I'd rather spend that money elsewhere. Um, and then, and that capital. Uh, but I do think Ertz is on the move and he's a, he's a big name. He's a good player and somebody could really benefit from him. Yeah. So the team that I kind of like that loves their tight ends and doesn't have one are, are the Patriots. Um, I think that Matt and, and Belichick has shown the, the, the want and desire to make trades. I mean, the guy, guy's a trading wizard. Um, that's, that's where I like Ertz going to. It's, it's a system that enjoys it and needs it. Absolutely. I think that's a great fit. Yeah. yeah I, I think the Patriots are, are good fit. I don't think the Colts necessarily need a good tight end. Um, they have good tight ends currently on their roster. Um, Mo Ali Cox, I think is a underrated talent. Um, I think he can be a starting tight end in the league. Um, he's no, he's no Zach Ertz, but you know, I don't, I don't see a franchise like the Colts going out of their way. They barely went out of their way to get a quarterback. They're not going to go out of their way to get a guy like Ertz. And you would presume that the uh, price tag for Ertz is at least a second rounder. And they're not going to trade that. Yeah. Yeah. So another but team they have- with a ton of cap space um, that I think makes sense for both Ertz. And, and I was, I was waiting, but I'm too impatient. I'm just fucking bringing it up. Um, does Jacksonville spend to the cap? Because they're the team with the most. And they're already getting their quarterback at number one. Um, it would be nice to give uh, give Trevor a tight end and a wide receiver like Ertz and uh, and Allen Robinson right off the bat. What do you, what do you think I about mean, Jacksonville and Urban Meyer teams? I, I don't necessarily buy that they will. Uh, it's a team that that could and should. It depends on how how urgently they're trying to win. Uh, is their urgency for right now. Uh, you do still have a rookie quarterback, no matter how what you think of Trevor Lawrence, uh, rookie quarterbacks tend to face some growing pains, right? So oh, yeah. like, are we going to push in all right now? Um, you know, Ertz is still under contract for a little bit longer, but not, I don't think too much. So is it worth, you know, trying to do that right now? Allen Robertson makes sense, but would he go back to Jacksonville? He's already been there. He doesn't want right. to be part of that mess. Probably what? not. Let's go ahead and talk about Jacksonville because they're one of the biggest headlines of the past couple of weeks. Uh, I've always been a huge uh, uh, Urban Meyer dislike that hire in every fucking way. And not even a couple weeks into that hire and he makes this ridiculously brutal blunder. It's an embarrassing blunder. It really is. And what it really is, is a guy that's used to being a God in every organization that he's ever been into. He, he made the Utah organization. He went to Florida and he brought them all the national championships. He brought them back to prominence. He goes back to OSU. He brings them their first national championship in over a decade. He's a guy that's not used to answering to anybody. Nobody says no. With, Urban Meyer. And what I'm, of course, referring to is they went out and they got a strength and conditioning coach. Guys, do you know how many strength and conditioning coaches there are out there? Go you to any CrossFit. Literally go to any CrossFit. Any personal training. You, you could literally go to seven lifestyles or seven LA fitnesses in your area and probably pick the best personal trainer out of them. And he probably has a better track record than this racist douchebag he chose for the Jaguars. So what this is 
for the for Urban Meyer is it's a wake up call to the NFL. And I've said it in our conversations about Urban Meyer is that all of his actions now are way more transparent than they've ever been. If you make these actions at Ohio State, it gets buried the next day by the press. This this isn't even a story if he's if he hires a strength and conditioning coach at Ohio State. And maybe it is, but it immediately gets buried because they have the majority control over that press. So what this is, is it's a guy that doesn't know the situation that he's in. And only a fucking couple weeks in, he does this. And then the guy resigns a couple days later. It's an embarrassing move by Urban Meyer. Not only does he do it, but when he hires the guy, then they have the press conference where he gets asked about it and he defends it like he just like he's oblivious sometimes. He really is. I mean, he's he's got a track record of this. Like, look what he did at Florida. Yes, he recruited a bunch of great players to Florida, but amongst them were a guy who is convicted of multiple murders. And then, you know, uh, you know, some guys who've had some issues, uh, tons of issues with the law. A bunch of them have been arrested. Uh, you've got people who've had issues with racism, all kinds of stuff. It just doesn't go away. Then he goes to Ohio State and he's got uh, one of his staffers that has been with him for a long time is, is, is charged and arrested with domestic violence against his wife. And Urban Meyer's still kind of defending the guy. He doesn't even like admonish him. So because of that, he gets suspended for a whole year. He doesn't fucking learn. You get suspended for a whole year and you're just like, eh, whatever. I'm still going to hire this guy who I've known for 20 years, even though he's been uh, alleged racist and bully uh, and got fired from his last job at Iowa because of it. Hey, you think he's above the law? I mean, he he literally, he's like that rich kid that, you know, I'm going to call daddy. Like, you know, he can give a shit. He literally I mean, doesn't give a shit. And that that's Urban Meyer. He thinks he's above. He thinks he's earned this. He's entitled. I mean, you see it the way he walks, the way he talks, every place he's been. Um, I, you know, I, I don't I don't think there's very much more to read into it than that. That That's just Urban Meyer, man. But here's the other thing. He also had alleged, like, sexual allegations where he could like he was involved in affairs with people who are supposedly around the same age as his daughter in college like co-eds and stuff uh and cheating on his wife with florida which is all stuff that is not necessarily publicly reported but there's rumors and and plenty of that out there as to that being the real reason why he wound up leaving florida instead of his heart condition it was that and, and he wanted to need to spend more time with his family it's that his wife was probably like fuck this we're out of here um so you, there's all kinds of that stuff that 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 trails and follows around with that guy, and it's yeah. Just I think I think it's universal. None of us like Urban Meyer. None of us would but, hang out with Urban Meyer. The question is, will Jacksonville be successful with Urban Meyer? So, um, so getting to that point, here's an interesting thing. Urban Meyer in the college game, there's one advantage that a guy like that has. He's a great recruiter, right? So we can all admonish, like say that he's a bad person and stuff. He's proven to be over and over again, a great recruiter. Guess what you can't do in the NFL. You can't really recruit guys. You only get seven draft picks each year, unless you trade and acquire more. And then after that, you are left with dealing with the cap space, right? Whereas he can take 30 or 25, five stars or four and five stars every single year at Ohio state and at Florida. And he's never necessarily been a great X's and O's guy. He's always had coordinators to take care of that. And then look at what his staff has built so far. 
to my knowledge, I believe it's uh, Daryl Bevel and Marty and uh, Brian Schottenheimer are like his offense coordinator and quarterbacks coach. Uh, both former guys who were fired from the Seahawks for not being good at their jobs. Schottenheimer, we've had a history of him being a poor offensive coordinator. He's only the quarterbacks coach. But Daryl Bevel was like in Detroit last year. Like that guy's going to untap Trevor Lawrence to his best ability. No so, way. Uh, so first of all, let, let me. I don't want to correct you. It's a difference of opinion. You absolutely can recruit. In, in professional sports. I mean, free agents go and meet with their coaches, with their GMs. I mean, look what just happened in Tampa. Not, Tom Brady not recruited. To Tom Brady bear. recruited people. So That's you can you can absolutely influence people's decisions to join a franchise, no matter if you're a player, coach, GM, etc. That, that that recruiting happens. Yeah, um, but not to the not to many, the same level. How many players are taking less money to go play with the team? But because of their coach, there's there's maybe a dozen each year. Yeah, maybe a dozen across the league, across the league. I'm not I'm not talking about Tom Brady discounts. If you're using the Tom Brady example, that's an outlier. One hundred percent. How many coaches are truly getting guys at such a discount that the recruiting aspect of Urban Meyer skills become even a factor? Newman, you hit the, the nail right on the head, which is that this is a decent coach and an excellent recruiter. And that's a fucking problem in the NFL. It's been a problem a million times over. Yeah, look, look, I mean, how successful is Saban, right? Well, I mean, yeah, Saban, I think, dude, I still think Saban could, could have been good in the NFL just because Saban's one of those guys that he's just, he's just cut a little bit differently, but that, and you raise a good point. Saban, is Urban Meyer anything like Saban? No, he's not. He's nothing like Saban. Saban, Saban can actually coach the damn defense. He, he is an excellent coach. Nick Saban is an excellent coach. When has Urban Meyer ever thrilled you with his coaching? He's always out talented. Every place he's been, he's won. What, when is when has Urban Meyer had a talent deficiency and actually won the exactly. game? Utah. When, you, Utah. No, he didn't. Not for the conference that he was playing in. What division did he play? Exactly. What conference? Was he in the Mountain West? I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> the best team in that conference is nothing. Yes, dude, he is an opportunity. I'm glad you brought up Utah. I'm so glad you brought up Utah because it's it really just kind of isolates everything that's wrong with Urban Meyer, which is that, yeah, he is an opportunist. Uh, he went to the Gators. Ooh, recruiting with the Gators. That must be hard. Oh, then you go to Ohio State. That's got to be really fucking tough as well. Are you fucking kidding me? We're talking about the most premier programs. And with Utah, how much success did he really have? A couple seasons? Okay. In that conference? With the guy who is a, like a 10-year NFL starter in Alex Newman. Smith at quarterback. Newman, how many guys from tiny conferences like that have just fallen on their face? Let's look at uh, the past couple Gators coaches. McIlwain. Yeah, I mean, he he's he's a guy who was at Alabama as an offense coordinator, went to... Uh, See like you? Wherever in... Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Western Michigan or whatever it was, or, or central Michigan. And then the Gators wind up hiring him and stuff. And he's a guy who's absolutely, he's, um, he, he's just a run of the mill average guy. He actually recruited decently at Florida because it's Florida and you can just get easy recruits, but he didn't take them to another level. Michigan. Who, who was the coach of Michigan? A couple coaches ago, uh, that just, uh, Rich Rod. Yeah. Or no, no not Rich uh, Rod. Now Rich Rod coached at LSU. I'm talking about the guy. Brady? 
Brady Hoke. Yes, Brady uh, Hoke, exactly. It, you see all the time in the, at the college level, these guys, and they go out in these small programs, and they expect them to be able to do the same things at these big programs, and they fall flat on their face. Urban Meyer didn't fall flat on his face, but I'm just saying he just kind of kept up the same thing that he had going at that program. He recruited well, and he never was an exceptional coach. I'm telling you, what, what moment did you ever say to yourself, wow, Urban Meyer's a genius coach. I've said it a million times with Nick Saban. I've said it a million times with Dabo Sweeney. When have you ever said that about Urban Meyer? Not about his coordinators. I'm just saying. Is he that great of a coach? So you think think Jacksonville's going to be bad and it's going to be very coach-driven? You're saying saying Jacksonville has no chance to succeed because Urban Meyer cannot make the adjustment to the NFL. They have a chance to succeed because of Trevor Lawrence, uh, but will they be able to reach the mountaintop with Urban Meyer as their head coach? I don't think so. I'm not saying that at all, actually. I'm saying that he handpicked one of the best situations in the entire NFL right now. The number one overall pick? Oh, what a fucking gamble. Most, <laughs> mo- biggest, most, most salary cap, number one pick. Yeah. One of the highest salary caps, like, if you had to handpick any head coaching position, it would be towards the top. That's all I'm saying. In Florida, with the income tax caveat. I mean, yeah, no, it's... Uh... I just floated from good situation to good situation. Do I think he'll succeed? No, I don't. But do I think he might have moderate success? Yeah, I think he will, because he's about to draft probably the best quarterback prospect since, Trevor, since uh, Andrew Luck. So, yeah, I think he will be successful because of that. There we go. Yeah, no, I think he's going to be successful because he's been successful everywhere he's gone. Um, I think he'll leave Jacksonville in ruins, just like he's left every other place in ruins after he wins big. And there'll probably be a 30 for 30 for him in 10 to 20 years. And we'll be like, holy shit, this guy's a horrible monster. But uh, yeah, that's that's Urban Meyer for you. Um, let's talk about another monster. Uh, but this, uh, this is a defensive player, J.J. Watt. Um, probably... Now, kind of all focus goes into where J.J. Watt is going to go in free agency. Uh, where, where do you guys think? So for me, I mean, this is one of the more interesting ones to follow. He's never been a free agent before. He, uh, you know, he it seems to be enjoying it uh, to some degree. Oh, he's eating it up. He's eating yeah. it up on social media, in the <clears throat> press. Oh yeah, he's he's gonna drag this thing out too. I think. But, this... but here's the here's the thing with JJ Watt. People do this a lot where they think he's an outside linebacker, edge rusher. He's more of a defensive end. He wants to play down. He's not a stand up guy. So he fits more in three four schemes. Um, one place that might be interesting for him is you know we've mentioned it before. New England would be a really interesting place that's not really getting a lot of talk about. Obviously Pittsburgh. Both of his brothers are there. Does he want to play with them? Can he replace Bud Dupree? You may like that because you're a Bud Dupree hater for no reason. Um, but uh, then there's Cleveland is the, is one of the hot rumors, which playing opposite of Miles Garrett. Well, he's not really playing the same position as Miles Garrett. Uh, they might play stack them right on top of each other like they did with him and Clowney. That would be interesting. I kind of like Green Bay actually a little bit as a place uh, where he went and played college in Wisconsin. So um, Aaron Rodgers and JJ Watt would be a kind of fun thing to watch. So, do, but Green um, Bay doesn't have any money. I mean, they're they're actually negative money. Um, before before the cap comes out, so I like Green Bay too. I think Green Bay makes sense. Um, and I think he probably wants to go there. But I don't Steelers. Like I I I think 
the Steelers and Green Bay make sense in kind of a fit and a feel. But I think both of those teams you can just scratch right out for money purposes. Well, so here's what you can say with Green Bay. Um, They actually sign Aaron Rodgers to an extension, make him happy, give him all this money, and push a lot of that cap space down the line, freeing up some cap for other players to acquire. What I really want to know about Green Bay, looking at their cap situation, is how the hell did they get there? Like, who are they paying all this money to that they're in this bad a cap situation? Like, that's not the roster's not that great. I don't get it. Yeah, hold hold on. But uh, yeah, uh, Drew, what are you, what are your thoughts on um, on JJ Watt? I love Green Bay if they can somehow clear the room to get it done. Um, I think it's probably the best destination uh, for both sides. Uh, but I agree with you that there's some serious questions in terms of whether or not they can financially make that work. Uh, I love the Browns. Um, and I honestly love JJ Watt, uh, and exploring the Browns because you know what, when you got a guy at this point in his career, he's almost always looking for these big markets, you know, let's go to LA, let's go to Dallas, let's go to Miami, let's go to a market where I can sell some jerseys and kind of pad my uh, bank account. I like J.J. Watt because he's always played in Houston. Houston is fucking terrible. So he doesn't really necessarily mind going to another terrible city like Cleveland. What's worse, Cleveland or Houston? I think it's a pretty close matchup. Um, But I think that J.J. Watt is an interesting guy, and I think he appreciates the challenge of going to Cleveland. I also think he loves the fact that he would play both of his brothers twice a year. I love it. And most guys don't think like that, and I love it. J.J. Watt's awesome. Yeah, he wants to beat up on his little brothers again. He does. He does. He's oh, so sure. sick hearing how much better T.J. Watt is right now at this point in his career. And he is way better. But yeah. he doesn't like hearing that. Oh, and so with Von Miller likely leaving, does J.J. Watt go to the Broncos? The Broncos run a 3-4 defense. They have a ton of cap, I, you know. Is is that a spot either one of you guys like him as a destination? No one's really talking about that at all. So to so to touch on the Von Miller thing, one he has not officially been released. Uh, there is just that that is some belief and rumor that he may get released. Um, but why would JJ uh, Watt be a much better pick than than Von Miller at this point? Like, do you think he's Von Miller is a is an outside backer more than he's a, a defensive end? And as I mentioned, JJ want, wants to play with his hand in the ground. So I don't see where you're, you know, where the fit is there in terms of that. But also, yeah, how do you replace one with the other? What's what's the point? Yeah. All right. It, I just wanted a stopgap to to get to where I think he's going. I think he goes and teams up with uh, Tom Brady in Green Bay or in uh, Tampa Bay. What uh, what are you hearing down there, down in Tampa? Is that is that even a remote possibility? I mean, if he takes a massive discount. He, uh, you could fit him in. Uh, the thing is, like I said, he's he's playing a down position, so he doesn't replace Shaq Barrett. Um, but if you put him as like you know him, Sue, and Via on the same defensive line, that's pretty nasty. But uh, it doesn't really fit, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, if he takes a massive discount, it's possible. How about the Bills, though? Like you want to talk about a team that actually could use the defensive pressure and presence of a guy like that, uh, a leader, you know, take that team to the next level. I think that's a good fit. Yep, totally. Uh, I think that as well. And I, I swear I had this team in mind before you brought up the Bills. We, we kind of touched on the, the Bills already. I think the Titans can use them. They're a team that needs uh, some – an injection of talent on the deep 
defensive side, and they run they run a three four defense as well. Um, so I think I think that that's that's my dark horse team is Tennessee with JJ Watt. So, and, and he has familiarity with with Vrabel. So yep. I mean that's because Vrabel was the former defensive coordinator for Houston. So that that does make sense in that respect. Sorry, I've been muted, but uh, I love yeah. the uh, I love the Titans inclusion. I think that's a good pick. I like that a lot. I didn't really yeah. think about that. They they have the cap. There's a coach connection. They need the talent. I mean, it, it kind of all aligns, and no one's re- again. I'm looking at kind of Vegas odds, and and Tennessee's kind of a middling uh, middling team there. Don't um, the Titans run a four three though? I'm looking at it right now on Gridiron Rankings for 2020 defensive schemes, and it is telling me the Titans run a three four. Three four. Yeah, I think I think they can play pretty multiple too. So you could always move him as a four three defensive end. I mean, Vrabel uh, played a three four his entire career, so you would think that they would they would run that, but who knows? Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think I think it, it's a multiple kind of scheme, so they can they can do a lot of different things. Um, let's touch on some other guys that are rumors and and stuff going on. Uh, how about your boy up there with Big Ben? All that uh, all that dead cap space money that they got to deal with, like it, it, it's a it's a freaking mess right now. I don't know if you guys caught it, but the GM gave a interview on Tuesday and was very nod committal. He gave the whole Big Ben is our quarterback now like that is a very important three-letter word right there big ben is our quarterback now um reportedly there was a uh, a closed door meeting between uh art rooney uh kevin colbert mike tomlin and big ben and what aditi kinkabala said from nfl network was one wanted to keep him, one wanted to get rid of him, and one is really torn um she said she will break who that who who each person was, but until after that situation has been, um, has been released. So in in my mind, I think Tomlin probably wants to keep Ben. I think, uh, I think Colbert wants to move on and move into the next generation for his team, um, start his rebuild and go. And I think Art Rooney is having a really hard time because he wants to win Super Bowls, right? If you, if you lose your quarterback, you have no, real shot to win a Super Bowl in the next few years. So that's the way I see it. I, I think I think it's really torn at the at the coach management and, and executive level. It's ugly. Um, and the Steelers really have no moves until they figure out where it's wanna where it's gonna go. In my opinion, I want them gone. I want to suck. I think I think the Mahomes window's there for a few years. Um, like you said, I'm really high on on the Colts. I think the Bills are there. Uh, I think the Steelers heading into next year are third at best in their division. So I want I want Ben to go. I want them to suck for an, a year or two um, and, and and kind of do a little mini rebuild. Is, so here's uh, a question. Does Ben has reiterated that he wants to continue to play? Yep. If they actually is, – is it only he retires or plays for the Steelers? Or does Big Ben move on somewhere else? So it, it's it's not too dissimilar to the Eagles situation. If they cut him, they saved nineteen million. They're on the hook for twenty two million in dead cap, no matter what. They, no, matter they, what. They, no matter what, twenty two million dollars. They will save nineteen if they straight up cut him. I mean, that's that's a starter or two. If you want to if you want to bring back Bud Dupree, right there. There's how yeah. you bring back Bud Dupree is by cutting Big Ben. Uh, in my mind. I think Bud might be a little bit more valuable right now to to the success 
um, to the Steelers than than Big Ben is. So yeah. that that's that's the way I'm seeing that that situation is is I want to move on from Ben. I ultimately think they bring him back. Here's the thing. As a Steelers fan, if I'm you, even if you move on from Big Ben, I don't think you try to suck for a year. There's no way that you do that um, because here's the thing. You have a limited window left with this defense as what it is. TJ Watt is going to need an extension soon. Uh, Minka Fitzpatrick is going to need to be re-signed soon. So, like, you've got... You've got the window with this defense. You have to capitalize on it. That, I think, is one of the major reasons to bring Ben back. Um, or if you do not bring Ben back, then you have to go get another quarterback. So that's where the question comes. Like, there's another talk about another quarterback getting traded. Uh, Sam Darnold from the Jets. Like, is that a guy that you would take as an upgrade over what the Steelers have outside of Big Ben? Like, uh, I was, I was Marcus was on this pod. I absolutely, if, if you gave me a choice, to go play a football game tomorrow, I'm choosing Sam Darnold as my quarterback over Big Ben. Um, over whether ben. it's a, a, over <laughs> Ben, not in a one game situation, um, but in in a in a potentially 19 game long season, mm-hmm. I'm taking Darnold um, for for the next season and for the next few years. If in in your view, you want to capitalize on that defensive window. So, so what are you prepared to trade for that right to have Sam Darnold? Is the yeah, they're, they're, man? They just don't really they they don't really have the assets to do it. Unfortunately, I don't Um, think you can afford to give up a first round pick this year. So I don't know that that that'd be in the question. Um, Could you trade multiple seconds for him two, three seconds and say, Hey, we can't give you a first because we just don't have the ability with the cap and stuff, but here's three second round picks for Sam Darnold. Would you do that? It's, it's interesting because if you would have asked me this question three years ago, I would have said the Steelers don't trade. But yet they, they went out and did the Minka Fitzpatrick move, right? And I think that totally showed that they were all in on capitalizing in this window, um, mm-hmm. whether I think it's the right move or not. Um, so, yeah, I think I think they'd be even willing to, you know, maybe do, um, you know, something similar to the Colts, um, you know, give give maybe a second or third this year, then maybe a conditional first, um, you know, next year. Um, yeah. For 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 Darnold, I think that's pretty much all they can do. Because you're right, I, they absolutely need to keep that first round. They just have too many holes on the offensive line. They don't have a center. They don't have a right. They don't have a left guard. And they don't have a left tackle. Um, yeah. They 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 will be they will be drafting one of those three positions in, in the first round this year. It, and they're and they're projected to be thirty million dollars over the cap already. So they got to <laughs> shed some weight somewhere. Um, yeah. Maybe they do that by some of the retirees. I don't know how much they save with. Um, with Pouncey retiring or or anything, yeah, like they, that. they they say at, they save about nine million. Uh, with is Pouncey that already retiring. factored into the number that I'm looking at with the negative thirty? It is not because the okay. the retirement doesn't become official yet until the next as soon as the next year begins starts. Right. So right. So, so if you cut, so if you cut Ben, that saves you. You said nineteen million plus you know the extra nine for Pouncey, and now you're looking at twenty eight. So you're almost to that marker. Um, yeah, and Vince then, McDonald retired too. It's a small number. It's like three or four million. Um, so that so that gets you even. Um, but then you need some space. You need to resign a guy like Dupree or somebody else or tag Dupree again. Um, yeah. He's technically an outside so, backer, right? So it's not as big a tag number. So here's something that, again, that it's not getting any national news because it really shouldn't. But if you're a Steelers fan, you save, um, you save another nine million if you cut Joe Hayden, um, who I think is gone, gone. Yeah, yeah. Joe Joe Hayden's far past his prime, and you pretty much can cut Joe Hayden and re-sign Mike Hilton. 
I think you do that in a heartbeat. Mike Hilton, Mike Hilton is an, is one of the best um, slot corners, and with so many receivers lining up in the slot, I mean, it, it's a it's an incredibly important position. Um, so yeah, there there are definitely spots you can save money in. Um, I think you drag out Hayward's contract, you drag out um, to its contract. Um, I think you you can do you can do a few different things with the Castro's contract. So there's definitely guys in place um, that you can do the whole kick the can down the down the road with a few of your stars for the Steelers. Sure. Yeah. So let's talk about uh, Von Miller for a little bit while we're here, because uh, with, with the rumors of him being a possibility to be on the move, where do you like and are you surprised by that? I hate to go back to it, but again, living in Indy, they they like Von Miller here for the Colts. <laughs> you know, it's, it's a lazy answer. Um, but again, they have a defense that's building something. They have money. Um, and yeah, so if, if you, if it's an unsexy answer, but it's, it's my gun to head answer is Indianapolis for Von Miller. Yeah. I still think there's a few, I, I mean, if, if you're Von Miller, I think you've got to be ring chasing, right? I think he actually fits in Tampa Bay a little bit better, uh, than JJ Watt does. If Shaq Barrett were to move on, if he just becomes, how does he make sense money wise? Yeah. Yeah. That's, 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 he took the words out of my mouth there. Well, well, yeah, he, he, you, I mean, Von Miller is at a point in his career where he has not won a championship. Shaq Barrett has won a championship and has never really been paid. So Von Miller has been paid. He has, you know, he might be more willing to take a discount to go play in Florida with Tom Brady and, 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 and that whole thing. So that, that's where he fits a little bit more. I think Tampa's an interesting spot for that. Um, and he fits and in the cousins these- and just goes to the super team. He Von fits Miller, in he, Boogie Cousins. Yeah, he fits he fits in any of these spots that we've mentioned kind of with, you know, the Bills, etc., Indy, the Bucks, whatever. Um and 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 how about the Patriots? That's always a team where you could see a guy uh chasing a ring at. So th- those are some of the spots. Um uh, another one that would be interesting, stay in your own division, go to the Chargers and just fuck up the Broncos. Just hate them. <laughs> the Chargers are so interesting. I don't again, they they have a lot of money. Um, and they're kind of not being talked about, uh, you know, quite a bit. And I think on the last pod, um, you know, they're they're a dark horse. Uh, you know, I don't want to say Super Bowl, but I think I think they're a, I think they're you know one of the more interesting, higher ceiling teams in the entire league. Um, they they have a lot of really good players, but what they don't have is a ton of depth, and we've seen that. And they're a team that is frequently injured. I don't know what it is. They're just like a cursed franchise because they always have so many injuries with their guys. Other than like Philip Rivers, who even actually himself got a torn ACL, just decided to play on it because it was the playoffs, and he said, screw it. Um, pretty much everybody gets hurt there. Whenever they have a good player, they lose time to injury. So that's one. I don't know why, what it is. They've Even in both LA and San Diego, this has happened for them. But um that's just the way it is. Like, so it's one of those things, but when you say they have a lot of money right now, the number that I'm looking at is 23, which is not, I mean, it is, but it's not that money can move pretty quickly. If you want, I'm seeing, I'm seeing 34 on, on, uh, on spot track. Um, okay. They're, they're seventh just above Miami and just below Denver. Cause I feel like Miami is a lot of teams are talking about players going there. Yeah, um, so if, you know, over the if you give me a choice, I'd go I'd go to LA over Miami. Uh I mean, Miami is a team that could really win too though, so there's that. Um so, they're yeah, all possibilities. Yeah, so, 
You, you and I, just absolute stud athletes. You're telling me you would rather go to Miami than go to the LA Chargers right now if you were going no, to No, I, I, I don't like Miami. I would I would definitely <laughs> put it. Pers- personally, I do not like Miami um, as a city. It is like it's not my vibe. Um, so there's that, but, uh, yeah, I'd rather, I'd rather be in LA. Not that LA is going to be ton better, but, um, yeah. I, I said Tampa is a better fit for Von Miller. And I think that's still true. I, I like the ring chasing idea. I, I didn't, I didn't yeah. think about that. I, I, you know, he, he was in that Super Bowl. Um, but yeah, nuts. It's interesting. Yeah. Um, I mean, another guy that got released, Kawan Short, who's interesting. Before Drew had to go, I wanted to uh, bring up our, our boy Taylor Heineke signing with the, the Washington we football really team. We really buried again. the lead. I mean, this is literally yeah. a future a future Pro Bowler. We, you know, we're we're I mean, an hour into the podcast, and we haven't talked about Chad Heineke, the biggest signing of uh, the offseason so far. Yeah, so Taylor Heineke actually had the best performance out of any team in the playoffs against the Bucks defense, other yeah. than Jameis Winston and, 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 one, and, and one pass attempt. We're obviously talking about Taylor Heineke being any good. Uh, you know, I, I think he, his his ceiling is average at best. I mean, he's probably going to be a bust and and not even start the whole season. But let's go back to the NFC East. Washington has to be the the best team going into next year. Right, like they got to be, they got to be Vegas's favorite. Let me let me look up the futures here on uh, on on my phone. But who are you taking right now in the NFC East as we sit here in February? Yeah, right now for me it's Washington. It's not close. I actually wrote an Same. article uh, in November stating that the Washington Football Team was going to win that division. Uh, it it you know it got it got a little testy at times, but uh, they pulled it off. They just have a really good defense. They have a lot of really good pieces. Um, a quarterback was actually kind of their weak spot, uh, and Heineke is definitely better than what we've seen out of you know the other guys not named Alex Smith. Also, he gives you a little bit more dimension with the, the ability to run the ball a little bit, um, and I think he's got a better arm in general but uh to me washington is clearly the best the best team in that division vegas Um, disagrees with us uh right now they have the cowboys at plus 100 yeah that's um, because people love to bet on the cowboys and vegas is like we're gonna take all of your money yeah so yeah right now you can get uh you can get washington football team at plus 400 that's five to one that that seems like a great futures bet uh because i'm with you i think i think uh the Washington football team are a couple tiers ahead of the rest of the, that division. If anything, I like the giants more than the Cowboys um, going into next year. I think that's fair, especially considering we don't know what we're going to get out of Dak. We don't know how he's going to respond to that leg injury. And then that defense is awful. I talked about it all off season. We had a conversation about Zeke Elliott and where I said, I don't think Zeke Elliott's going to be that great this year because their defense is really bad and they're going to be chasing points and he's not really that dynamic of a pass catcher. So there yeah. that kills his fantasy value. And then you get Dak falling down and it's like, all right, well now they're screwed. So um, to me, the, the Cowboys have a lot of issues. I think that they've done some good things here and there with the draft, but they've also made some really dumb decisions. Paying Zeke early was a dumb decision. Uh, even if you lost him, I would have rather trade that guy. I'm not a draft running backs in the first round anyway. And they did that. I thought they should have taken Jalen Ramsey, uh, who, you know, would have worked out much that better for them out, right? with that offensive line and Jalen Ramsey back there. That's team, a team that probably could have won a Super Bowl. But if instead, you, if you lined up any running back behind that offensive line, when, when they were rolling, I mean, yeah, I could have exactly. gotten three yards. Yeah, Zeke's great, but also he's running behind a really good offensive line. So is he right. a little bit better than your average back? Yes, but do I need to spend this pick 
that is really valuable on an average back? Or could I get a game-changing potential Hall of Fame, uh, you know, cornerback who eventually will transition to safety and be able to play in the league for 20 years if he wants? Like, yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? So- so, to, you know, staying in the division, um, but back to back to the football team, do you think they bring in like a Fitzpatrick or anyone as, as an insurance for Heineke? Or do you think they kind of just, you know, draft a day two, day three guy and they roll with Heineke as their dude? Well, why can't they draft a guy in the first round this year? I mean, their pick is uh, 19. So, I mean, they could take a, you know, a younger I mean, we don't know if Alex Smith's not going to play. Theoretically, right. he could still be there and, and represents, you know, that that locker room insurance guy. So we can talk. We can talk about Alex Smith. Mar- Marcus isn't on the on this pod, he, so he won't be. Yeah, throwing but his it's computer. just not interesting to me. Um, <laughs> I'd rather I'd rather move on here. Um, yeah. So you know, let's just touch a couple other topics here. We've covered a lot of football, but um, I'm super happy. I know you don't give a crap. But I'm super happy that pitchers and catchers reported yesterday. And then we got a huge baseball news. Guess what, baby? It is extension season in baseball. Fernando Tatis, uh, at the ripe old age of 22 years old, signs a 14-year, $340 million contract. Uh, what were you doing at 22? Uh, still partying, blacking out, and not even thinking about what I was going to be doing in the next 14 years. I don't even know if I knew what I was doing in the next 14 days uh, when I was 22. Certainly not cashing that kind of cashing that kind of money. Uh, good, good for him. I mean, he's an exciting player. He's a fun player. He's he's what baseball needs. Baseball yes, is I agree. Bo- baseball is boring unless you're a diehard. Um, baseball is boring. We need more guys like this. Good for him. I mean, the MLB does a terrible job of it. But if there is a guy that I want to be the face of my uh, you know, my, my sport right now, that's the guy that I'm touting. He's, he's super young. He's energetic. He's got a lot of flair. Uh, you know, he, with the, with the hair, the cornrows and stuff like that, he's already getting marketing deals and stuff. We've seen him with like Gatorade and all that kind of stuff. So, and then he just signs this contract. It's like, you know, Mike Trout is not a guy that lived up like the limelight. He seems to embrace it. So, so there's that too. It's just a really marketable player. He can make yep. baseball fun again. He can bring in, you know, some of that younger population. Um, and do you have any that- confidence that MLB will like capitalize on this though? Because they, they they have shown me nothing that they will take advantage of this no. absolute gem. No, they do an they do an awful job of marketing their superstars. They also don't market the game properly. The no. blackout situation with MLB is a so joke. They're stupid. Like you want people to watch your product. That's how you get revenue. So I don't understand why you're continuing to not make it available for people. Um, you know, there's there's definitely plenty of ways that they can make it available and make it more affordable. And here's the thing: they make tons of money off of their TV revenue and yet they don't even like let the games actually be watched by people. You want people who cares about nine minutes that you save by cutting a minute in between innings. Nobody cares. What they do care about is let's market some of these good players. Let's say ESPN, you're not allowed to just put on the Yankees and fucking Red Sox on Sunday night and every single game that they play. You actually have to market some of these other teams so that we can get our young superstars into, you know, visible and seen on a national outlet. Um, and then, you know, all the things they, they don't put a good bot, good guy, like that is actually understands analytics into the box and call it like when you're calling those games or at least least entertaining people, right? Like like the NFL has pretty low quality, but at least the entertainment that like, 
I, I think so. You know, maybe it was Drew who made a, a Collingsworth joke. Like at least like those kind of things exist in the NFL. You can't even name anyone really outside of the top couple guys who are all just snooze fests. All well, no, who's fun as a broadcaster, right? In baseball, is there anyone that we no. know? I mean, I think that Brian Anderson does a pretty good job locally, but he's not at the national level. So we I really don't, don't know who he him. is. Never yeah. heard of him. Well, he's a former, actually, Cleveland Indian um, pitcher, and he pitched for Arizona Diamondbacks, et cetera. Um, but he's been with the Rays for a, a number of years. He actually does do some spots here and there with um, with Fox. But, like, why not get some more, f- at least guys who are interesting to talk, um, bring in some of those stat nerds that everybody loves to hate on and let them comment on the game. How about this? Bring in a Vegas nerd and let's have some gambling live in the broadcast booth. Like, yeah, there's lots of things that you could do to tap into this. And they just have failed to do it over and over again. I don't expect them to capitalize on. They've the aged practice. so poorly. It's it's so let's I, I go on tangents. I apologize. Is the MLB the worst league as far as how they organize, how they how they market just like as a whole? Because I think the NBA is the best, then the NFL, then the NHL, then the MLB. That's kind of how so, I'm. So Matthew Barry uh, said this something interesting one time. It said, you know, MLB makes the most money off of anything that that ever gets implemented. So they make the most money off it because they just have the most games, right? There's the most opportunities. The NBA is typically the first mover, which gives them an advantage to some degree. And then the NFL tends to blow them out of the water, right? In terms of marketing your superstars, the NFL doesn't have to do it. They kind of allow them to do it themselves. The NBA definitely does push it more. Um, so that's why they're the most successful at it. Hockey kind of lags behind as well. Um, I'd love to see hockey do it a little bit more of it. It's such a great game to watch. It's very entertaining. Um, so, I mean, if they could actually get people interested in hockey, that would be great. But, you know, ESPN, it's not on ESPN because ESPN doesn't have the rights. There's very limited amount of channels that you can actually watch hockey on. Pierre Maguire is a national joy. I love Pierre Maguire. And and you mostly don't even watch hockey unless you're invested in a team regionally, right? So there's that. Whereas people, there's baseball appeal, there's football appeal, there's basketball appeal throughout, you know, the country, even not regionally. So there's that. Um then let's touch on a couple little items that I think are interesting. Obviously, no, no, okay. real quick before we leave, are we, are we staying on baseball? Because I have yeah, we're gonna we're gonna stay on baseball. So okay. uh, your boy Tim Tebow retires, uh, as does Brian Dozier, who Brian Dozier's you know probably a, a more of a casual fan wouldn't know who he was, but he's been a pretty good player. Jacksonville needs a, a third string quarterback, man. Let's 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 get Tebow back in the pads and let's get him third string under Urban Meyer again. Let's roll, baby. <laughs> Um, I mean, he's from Jacksonville, so there's yeah. that, uh, you know, and, and Jacksonville is super close to Gainesville. That's one of the appeals of Urban Meyer going there for their fans and stuff. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, Tim Tebow was not a very good baseball player. He did hit a little bit better than Michael Jordan did in the minor leagues throughout his career. Um, it's hard to transition from away from a sport for that long and then come back and be good. We've seen lots of players, um, you know, who've, who've you think chosen he gets a sport into the announcer game. Do you think he kind of leans more into the announcing and he gets himself uh, into either college or NFL at a uh, national scale? I think he already, you know, is an analyst at that level. Um, 
So he absolutely has the opportunity to do that. And I think he probably will. He's for all, all that we say about Tebow and, you know, he sometimes doesn't appear to be the smartest guy. He does a very good job of understanding what his brand is and, and going out and doing it. He do, also does a national th- speaking tour, you know, for uh, Christianity and all that stuff. Um, and he does all the missions. So he's a guy who, you know, doesn't actually have to work a day in his life. if He doesn't want to, but he's probably going to still continue to make a lot of money doing what he enjoys doing uh, yeah. outside of playing sports. Um, another interesting thing I think about, uh, the MLB here, uh, just one more thing or two more things. One minor league baseball, we're actually going to have it this year. Do you guys have a good minor league baseball team up there? Indianapolis has one of the, it always is top three, top five AAA stadiums. It's the Indianapolis Indians. It's absolutely beautiful. It's do you Pir- go to those games? I do. It's the, it's the Pittsburgh Pirates AAA. So, yeah. you know, oh, I've, so I've, yeah, that's that's your squad. Absolutely. I go to probably half a dozen games a year. It, it's it's a beautiful stadium with players that I know of um, excited to, you know, soon as soon as COVID, um, you know, hopefully subsides here in summer, late summer. I can't wait to go out and watch some Indianapolis Indians games again. Are, are you putting phenomenal news? Are you putting ketchup on your hot dogs out there? I'm not. Never. Okay. Never condiments. I'm a never condiment. <laughs> oh, guy. no condiments at all. OK, never condiment guy. No, no. no mustard, no relish, nothing. Just nothing. straight up hot dog. Hot no. dog on bun? Or do you take it off the bun and you just get a... a not, no, no, you need I'm the, you need the bun to absorb the beer, right? Exactly. I'm not going straight tubular meat, man. I'm not a, I'm not an animal. Uh, <laughs> uh, one thing I wanted to note, uh, just because I think it's going to be fun. Uh, as, as I mentioned, I'm a fan of the Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, they, they are planned to be the worst team in baseball. Vegas has them the worst odds to win. I hold a gambling show uh, on the weekends here for the sports memory. I'm going to bet every single game against the Pirates this year. Uh, and I think I'm going to win myself a lot of money. Uh, I don't think I'll do an article about it, but I may like, again, as we continue to the, do these shows, just kind of bring it up. I'm going to bet against the Pirates every single day. I hope you keep track of that for us because yes. that, that may play out to be interesting. One more interesting uh, bit of baseball news. The Toronto Blue Jays have announced that they're going to play their uh, their at least part of their season, the early part of their season, uh, at their tra- spring training facility, which is right here in Dunedin, Florida. So the Tampa Bay area now has five professional sports teams. Uh, three of them have played for their championship in their leagues. Potentially the Raptors, we'll see what happens with them. And then the Blue Jays, uh, you know, that may be the... The, the kiss of luck there uh, is playing. Has there ever in... been a better time to be a Tampa fan? Like right now, like is, is Tampa peaking? I don't know Tampa sports history, but I got to imagine they've never been higher in terms of sports. No, there's never been a better time. That's uh, I mean, you, you know, you look at what the, the, the bucks when they last won was 2002, uh, the lightning weren't that great. And, and the rays were really, really bad. Um, then they were the devil rays at that point in time. Then you look at when, uh, the lightning were good in Oh three Oh four. Uh, the bucks weren't very good at that point in time. They were post, you know, super bowl appearances and the rays still weren't very good. Then the rays get good in 08 and it's like, okay, well now the lightning are post success. And, and uh, I think the bucks still had John Gruden or something like that, or maybe they just moved on to Raheem Morris. So there's never really been a better time. uh, But I mean, for me, I'm also, listen, Florida state could have won it all in, in basketball last year if, if the COVID didn't happen. So I would have been riding on, you know, three championships, four appearances right there. That would have been a nice little, uh, nice little get for me. Um, but uh, I mean, and let's, you want to touch on uh, some reactions to the NCAA seating here? 
Um, I actually, I did not catch it here. Um, I think it's going to be a very top heavy. I think it's a lot of chalk this year. Um, so, yeah. So, so here's what they have. Uh, Gonzaga, Baylor, Michigan, Ohio state, your boys as the one seeds, Illinois, Villanova, Alabama, Houston, then Virginia, West Virginia, Tennessee, Oklahoma, Iowa, Texas tech, Texas, and Missouri. What stands out to you there? Yep, I am pulling it out up right now. I mean, Big Ten heavy, I freaking love it. Uh, three yeah. of three of the top five uh, are, are whoa, sorry about that, guys. That was NCA.com. You guys have a terrible website. Um, yeah, no, I love Gonzaga. Uh, I, think, I think they have all the right pieces. Unlike most years, people are like, well, Gonzaga never does it. Well, they, they don't really ever have the top, you know, top talent. They always just have a really well-coached, senior-driven team. They have a, a phenomenal freshman this year. Uh, they score a ton of points. They literally just won by 40 points a couple days ago, um, so they can lock down on defense. Um, that's kind of a cheap out <laughs> to say that the number one team, I think, is the odds-on favorite. Um, but it is. I love what Villanova's doing. They're, they've I, come on really strong. I actually like Baylor better. I think Baylor is a better bet to win it all. I think they pay in a much tougher conference. They're more battle-tested, and they're just as dominant playing in that conference. To me, they're they're the scariest team on this board. Gonzaga, I mean, Florida State has matched up with Gonzaga multiple times, and, and it's kind of gone both ways, but they're typically pretty close games. But Baylor frightens me if I'm a Florida State fan because they actually can play with you. They have the depth. They have the talent. They're fast. They're hungry. But just looking at some of the other teams that are listed on here, like I, the SEC has three teams in this top 16, and that's garbage to me because Missouri and Tennessee are both trash, and they've both since lost uh, after this came out. <laughs> then you look at like West Virginia is it's a really tough conference. I don't think that they're necessarily the second best team in the Big 12. Do you? No, not I have West Virginia's cost me a lot of money this year. Um, they're they're just Jekyll and Hyde. They're not a team that I see that can really string a game, a couple games together mm-hmm. because they don't run a gimmicky offense, but they run the press and it's fast paced. And they've had some games where they just couldn't score, and they've had some games that they just can't stop anyone. It yeah. just isn't a very good recipe for prolonged success in in a yeah. tournament format. So, so I may be a little biased, but I think Florida State is much more deserving than some of these teams that they have listed on here. Obviously, this ranking came out before Florida State absolutely demolished number nine on this list uh, and one of the, the the number one three seed in Virginia. But um, if you could fit Florida State into here on this top 16, where would you have them? I love Florida State. Obviously, my Hoosiers lost to them this year. They're they're super long. They They have a couple guys who can go get uh, you know, baskets for themselves. I think I'd squarely put them kind of there in that third tier if we want to chop that up in, into you know seedings. I think I'd put I put Florida State on the three line. Right yeah, now. let's let's just remove Tennessee, put make Florida State uh, neck and neck with Virginia, and let them duel it out. How about that? Um, I mean, the rest of college basketball, we're still a long way to go, but it, it's going to be interesting and it's just getting fun, in my opinion. So we're going to have a lot more content on that for you folks. Um, yeah, we have about a month left of the season before March Madness starts. Uh, as I mentioned, and, and I've covered on on the weekend shows, it's my second favorite sport. I, I absolutely yeah. love it. Um, and it's been a heck of a year for the <clears> Big Ten. The Big Ten hasn't won a national championship in 20 years. Um, and if there's any year to do it, they, they certainly have the dogs to do it this year. So. Yeah. 
So I, I, I mean, think it's going to be a really fun. It's all it, the tournaments all in Indianapolis or all in the state of Indiana, which is where mm-hmm. I live. Um, it's going to be in, in IU Stadium, Purdue Stadium, Butler Stadium. Uh, it, it's going to be a blast. It's going to be a really yeah. really fun. So I'm looking forward like to that. Uh, this is this is some of the, my favorite time of the year. My birthday's in March. I've spent many of my birthdays, you know, sometimes working from home while drinking beer and 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 watching uh, the basketball games while I'm quote unquote working. Um, oh, yeah. we, we've all mastered <laughs> the uh, the drinking while working from home. Uh, hopefully, my boss isn't listening. Um, but. Well, just how do they stop us at this point? But the, um, and then one more thing that I want to touch on just briefly is uh, rest in peace, Vincent Jackson. Um, you know that the, you know caught us all off guard. He's only thirty eight years old, so that's a that's extremely a tragic. Um, again, I think I think we all probably know somebody in our life that's been been affected uh, by addiction. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of outlets for for anyone that's that's struggling with it. You know whether that's uh, drug, alcohol, gambling. I mean, there's, there's addictions find their way into people's lives many different ways. So, um, it's never a bad time to help somebody in need. If, if you see it there, it's just extremely tragic what happened to Vincent Jackson, who, uh, who had an, an incredibly underrated career. Yeah. He was a very good player for a long time. And then he also, not only that he was, he contributed to his community in a lot of ways. I know he definitely helped out here in the Tampa Bay area. And it's my understanding that he was definitely a focal point and contributing to the community out there in San Diego. So rest in peace, rest uh, Vincent Jackson and uh, you know, check on your friends, even the ones who you think are doing well. Exactly. All right. No, this is a blast. We we finally had the A team on, on the sports memory. You're you're rocking your hat. I I need to get, I need to put my swag on for next time, dude. It's been an absolute blast Uh, until next time. You take it easy, man. Hey, listen to us, share us, like us, do all that stuff so we get my, you can listen to more of us and uh, we can give, give you more of this fire content out there, folks. Absolutely. Later, guys.